I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I mean, I've had to show my butt in an audition before. I've had to kiss in an audition before. I've been put on the spot where they asked me to, you know, dance and take my shirt off. And like, I've, all that stuff has happened. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in this wild industry, and I make them share a couple bad audition stories with me. It's always a good time. As a precursor before this episode starts, I had COVID when we were recording this. Um, I might sound a little like stuffy and a little uh, loopy because honestly, COVID brain is real and um, I kept forgetting what I wanted to say. So there's that. <laughs> Um, but I am good now. I am over it. Um, it was so quick. It was the first time I've had it. Uh, I never have had it before. Um, you know, I, science, thank you science for making that, um, not so awful. Kind of just felt like a head cold, but we are good now. Yay. 
Today on the show, we have Robert Palmer Watkins. You may remember him from General Hospital, or maybe you've seen him on The Walking Dead World Beyond. He has two new films out, um, one of which is called The Final Rose and sounds hysterical, and the other one is Ghosts of Hiroshima, uh, and we had a fantastic time. So here's my conversation with Robert. And welcome to the show, Robert! Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm glad to have you on today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, you've had quite an extensive career, um, and I definitely want to talk to you about all the the new stuff that you have coming up because I feel like you have so many things happening. Um, But before we get into all of that, I want to go back to the very, very, very beginning and ask, how did you catch the acting bug? I was actually trying to remember. It's been so long now. I used to have like a like a go to like it's very specific story, and then the other <laughs> thinking it, and I was like, God, it's been so long. Is that still that's still accurate, right? Um, but as far as I remember, it. W- I mean, I was always very into the arts as a kid. I was like very into drawing and visual arts, and I actually w- really wanted to be an animator when I grew up. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Wait, what was your favorite animated film as a child? Gosh, I mean, I I was obsessed with, you know, Disney movies and um, dinosaurs and yeah, like <laughs> any, yeah, I was, I was just, I had a sketchbook and every day just hours and hours and hours. And, and then um, when I was in, I guess, middle school, we lived with, you know, the kids in the neighborhood. We started, we got a hold of some video cameras finally. I mean, this was like back in the day. So like video cam, not even everybody had right. a video <laughs> a phone that they could film stuff on but I guess we finally got one we were probably late to the game because my parents were not very techie but as soon as we got a video camera I just started filming walking around filming sketches and filming that you know getting the neighborhood kids together filming filming little scenes coming up with characters making short films and I was just doing it for fun I just thought it was a blast my idols were like Jim Carrey and I loved Saturday Night Live and in Living Color and I just loved playing these wild different characters. And then in high school, uh, my teacher convinced me to audition for the play. They needed guys. And um, that's not necessarily the cool thing to do in the South. (laughs) Right. And that's not really like the cool thing. But those were the people that I clicked. I vibed with. I mean, I got along with everybody. I was always, you know, I've always liked all different types of people. And I never had like one type of friend I kind of like bounced around from you know what I mean but I you were like the social butterfly going between the peer groups (laughs) yeah but I always felt like in rich in in the south I always felt like more kind of more artistic and I felt a little more like an outcast and when I found when I did my first play I loved it first of all being up on stage and playing a character and having the energy from the audience and it's like a It's almost like you're playing a sport because you're literally like relying on your teammates up there. Mm -hmm. You're live in the moment. If you fail, you fail together. You got to recover together. The audience is watching. You know, I mean, it's something about that dynamic was really enticing to me. And then also, I just really vibed with the people. For some reason, the people that came together to to do theater and do the arts were all kind of maybe a little bit of the outcast, a little little bit of the misfits and but all so unique and kind and loving and welcoming. And I just, I don't know. I just vibed. I found like I found my people. Yeah. Artistic, deep thinkers, overthinkers, emotional, <laughs> but like sometimes too sensitive, but strong. I don't know. I just, I found my people and I just kept going with it. I kept, I did every play in high school. 
Then I auditioned for a center for the arts high school. So half of the day I would actually take a bus and do more theater classes over at another high school. Wow. So I got like double training, which was really, really cool. And then I went to, I'll try to wrap this up. I know this is a long winded no, answer. No, please. After high, after high school, I went to Christopher Newport University, majored in musical theater for a year and a half. I was really, really antsy to get to New York or LA. So my parents finally said, okay, we can tell you're not happy. You know, um, let's, let's, we'll, we'll support you moving out to one of the big cities, but please go to some type of schooling or please, please have a plan, you know? Right. Um, and my mom had seen a flyer for AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy at, um, at my old high school, I guess, because my little sister was now at my old high school and she had, she had come across this flyer for the school she said, Rob, why don't you go audition, you know, take the train up to New York and audition. And they, they've got a campus in L.A. They've got a campus in New York. Mm -hmm. You can decide on campus if you get accepted. So I did. I went up. I auditioned, did a monologue. I think I had to do a song. I got accepted. And then I chose the L.A. campus. And then that's when I, yeah, I went to AMDA for two and a half years. And then since then, I've just been, been a journey. It is Wow. Been a, yeah. That is quite the journey. Um, so do I basically you still sing? From, like art visual art drawing and painting to more using my body to tell yeah. a story form and i don't i i don't know why it's like i it's like i switched and i don't even really draw or paint anymore and i want to get back into that because for some reason Aww. when i started doing acting and music i just i think my creative like like my creativity was filled i felt fulfilled by like the acting and performing part so i stopped drawing and I don't know. I miss it. People ask me all the time if I still draw and I'm like, I want to get back into it. But you should. Drawing's yeah. fun. It is. And it's so relaxing. There's something yeah. like therapeutic about it to just sit there, you mm -hmm. know, in I silence. was always like a doodler. I just would do like random things on notebooks. Yeah. 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 In class or? Uh, well, not really class. I was homeschooled most of my, my growing up because I was, I've been an actor since I was a kid. So I mean, most of my, my time was in homeschool, but I just like doodling. I would doodle on my like hands too. I don't know if you did that as a teenager where you just like write on your hands and like yeah. your jeans and stuff. Stupid. Right. <laughs> um, okay. But wait, so do you still sing? Do you still have interest in musical theater? Yeah, I actually have music out. Uh, my, my artist name is Palmer. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I have three singles out right now, Waiting, uh, Clean Cut, and Walking Dead. Um, I've got like three more that are pretty much ready to be released wow. with music videos and stuff. And I've just kind of like, I've just been, I got very busy with acting the past like year. I had all these projects that I was filming and, and kind of releasing and I just kind of switched gears, but I definitely have more music coming out. Um, and my sound is kind of like an R&B kind of pop feel. But yeah, look me up, Palmer. I just go by my, my middle name for my I music. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so you come out here, you do AMDA, you do that for two and a half years. And then what was like the first, do you remember like the first project that you book as a professional actor and what that was like for you? First, um, well, the first like professional theater gig that I booked was actually back in Richmond, Virginia. I booked um, my senior year of high school. I mean, I was doing all the plays and stuff in high school, right? But then Barksdale Theater, which is one of our big, you know, professional community theaters there in Richmond, Virginia, um, they did a they did a really cool thing my senior year. They did an all star high school cast for the for the musical Grease. Oh, wow. And they basically pulled, you know, the top theater kids from every high school 
uh, from the different counties and let them all audition. So it was like pulling all the best of the of the high schools together to put it on. And I got cast as Danny in Greece. And that was like Danny Zuko. Yeah, it was just so I mean, that was like one of the best experiences of my life because it was like, you know, it was first of all, just like an honor to be with all these other talented high schoolers, all these other kids that I hadn't even gotten to work with or meet before because they weren't in my district, you know, or they weren't in my, my high school. So that was really fun. That was that was a professional show. Uh, but as far as like TV and film goes, once I moved to L.A., my first <laughs> I don't know if all this professional. I mean, it is it's a show on TV, but it's just hilarious. My first like TV gig that I got was the show A Thousand Ways to Die on Spike TV. Do you remember that show? I, I feel like I do remember the show. It just kind of like triggered a memory, but I can't remember like what exactly it is. I just know I've heard that title. Yeah, it's basically just a show on Spike TV, and and they reenact crazy ways that people have died. (laughs) Okay, wait, so how did you die? (laughs) And every episode, they go through one of the deaths, you know? So I got cast as the guy who dies, and of of course, I play a complete douchebag, having a bachelor party, there's a stripper involved, I'm too aggressive with her, I go to the bathroom, and I guess... I guess I was sitting on the toilet doing a number two or whatever. I stand up to flush. Oh, no, 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 no. No, she, we're in the bathroom and I'm trying to get her to give me a lap dance. So I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting on the toilet. That's what it was. Um, and then I stand up and I guess my hand slips and I flush the, the lever and the toilet explodes. The water pressure was built up. The water explodes. The lid of the toilet, the lid of the toilet shatters on the ground. Oh my I, God. Yeah, I slip on the porcelain, and because my pants were down, because I was trying to get a lap dance or whatever, because that's what you do, and I guess when you have a lap dance, <laughs> he was trying to get get a little more than a lap dance. So I had Clearly. my pants stuck. I slip on the shard of glass and the water, and the shard of glass goes up my rectum, and I bleed to death through my butt. I so first I'm gig. done. Yeah, that was my first gig. My mom was so proud. Oh uh, my god. So, and I think I got hundred bucks for that so i guess what i what i mean by is can can we call that a professional i mean it was it aired on tv it It was was on television it was my first credit it's on my imdb um but yeah you know you got to start somewhere yeah i started with with a shard of glass going on my butt yeah with glass going up going up the ass um have my cup (laughs) yeah wow what a what an amazing um role i mean how did you how did you prepare for that there was a lot of (laughs) i was very method (laughs) i just went in there and i was like well i guess this is what i signed up for and and honestly it hasn't gotten much less crazy since then i mean that was a that was definitely like a wild a a wild scenario to play out but (laughs) It kind of set me up for the industry in a way because I was like, okay, well, just be ready for anything. You yeah, know? I can't get crazier. As but as you know, right? Like in, in acting, you just never know what's gonna happen on set or what the director's gonna ask you to do or what the writers are gonna throw at you or or if you're or if you're on stage, you know, if you forget a line, you know, I mean, or at an audition where all of a sudden they're like, can you take your shirt off? Or hey, now we're gonna. Now we need you to juggle and do a backflip while you do this. <laughs> like, you're just, I've been thrown into so many crazy scenarios at this point that I'm like, 
what I, bring it. Yeah. Bring it. I mean, yeah. our job as actors is essentially to be 100% embarrassed all the time. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, that's just what we sign up to be. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be embarrassed. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of beautiful and freeing in a way. But you got you to gotta just realize that up front and just get over it. Because mm-hmm. there's no way to not, there's no way to get through life. And especially this career and never be embarrassed. Yeah. You're going fall flat on your face a lot. And it's great. And it's great. <laughs> okay, so you know you you've been in the industry for a while now, and you've you've certainly put in the work. Um, but I want to know what, and this is something I've been asking pe- people recently because I'm I'm getting very interested in this. I want to know what your personal process is as an actor when you get a script. How do you break it down for you? Because obviously, you know. We're taught all different methods. We're taught Strasbourg. We're taught, um, my brain's dead, but we're taught all of the things. Right. What has worked for you? And have you found your own kind of method to the madness? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. I don't know. I guess I guess you don't. For me, I had to because I had trained with, I had gone to so many different schools and, you know, started in high school and theater and then I and I trained, you know, at two different high schools, and then I did musical theater, and then I switched to straight TV and film, more TV and film. Well, just I'll just say scene work, acting out here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And then I've bounced around from teacher to teacher, and I've you know learned all the different techniques, whether it's Meisner, or, you know, and I I think at the end of the day, it's so awesome to have all those tools in your belt. Um, to pull from because it's important, you know, but I also feel that you got to kind of at the end of the day, when they, when, when the lights are up or the camera's on and it's time to time to go, you know, nobody gives a fuck what your technique was, how you got there. Do we believe you mm-hmm. in this? Do you believe you in this scene? Do you believe that you're in this imaginary circumstance, you know? And it's like, I think sometimes it's, for me, I was getting so caught up on like some of my training because I had trained for so long. I was getting so caught up on like what the technique was and, you know, how my body was looking and what part of my diaphragm I was using that I was like not really sinking into the like truthfulness of it. So I had to kind of work for, for a while to shed some of the training that I got mm. actually because it was getting in my head a little bit. Um and yeah, I don't know. I mean, but, but but I don't want to take away from. I think it's so important. I think staying in class and 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 learning as much as you can and all, learning as many of the different techniques as you can is so important. But I think I had to just I have to remind myself not to get too caught up on that. On too caught up in a specific way to do it because there's not a specific way to do it. That's why there's different techniques. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways to get there. But at the end of the day, you got to get there. If you can't get there, it doesn't matter how many training, how many teachers, how many methods you've learned, right? So I try to just, I, you know, I go through the script, I read it. Um, I think, you know, I, I do kind of a character breakdown. I think about where my character's coming from, what my character's been through, how my character feels about the people around them. And I try to just really, I mean, it sounds so simple and corny, but I try to just really believe that I'm, it's happening to me. And then I bring myself to it, you know? I mean, I think that's another thing. Like, I love character work, honestly, 
probably the most, like totally becoming somebody different than me. But even those characters, it's you're it's you playing the role. Yeah. You, like you got to find a way to, to connect to it and bring yourself to it, you know? Um, so I don't know if I answered your question at all. No, you totally did. You totally did. I mean, I, I think for me, I grew up with a teacher who taught me Meisner and I didn't really know that she was teaching me Meisner until I took a Meisner class when I was an adult. And then I was like, oh my God, my childhood teacher taught me that. I had no right. idea what this was. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I've always related to. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't necessarily say, hey, can you repeat this with me 10 times before we start right. this scene? No, I and, and I let time. it just sink into me and I let myself go and get yeah. in. But that, you know, Meisner, you, because you know that that technique, you learned that. You learned that listening back and forth. Yep. You know, the whole point of that repeating back and forth is to listen to the different ways they're saying it because mm -hmm. you're going to respond based off of how they're giving you that line, yeah. right? So now that you know that, you don't necessarily, you can probably get there without having to run that exercise every time. Right. But don't get me wrong. I mean, if I'm on a project and my scene partner wants to do that stuff, I'm like, Oh, yes. heck yeah. Yeah. Oh. If somebody wants to do it with me, then yeah, let's, let's do this. But you, but realistically, especially in TV and film, mainly in TV and film, you're not going to have, you're not going to have that time. I no. mean, I have, I haven't been on a set in years where my co-star or scene partner comes up to me and goes, Hey, do you want to run some Meisner? Do you want to run some that? Do you want to run an exercise? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so fast. It's all about, it's all money. You know, it's like, yeah. you better come prepared. And I think that's why, that's why I still think, you know, having those tools in your belt and your toolkit are so, so, so important, but then you got to kind of get to the job, get to set and like, be able to just like go have the work done and then go. You know what I mean? Which, now, if you're doing a play, it's different. And that's why I think staying in class or mm -hmm. theater is so important because, you know, you do have the time to like every day kind of find something new with your, your scene partner, you know, and build the environment together and find these choices together. But TV and film, I mean, it's like, especially, I mean, I was on a soap opera for like, I was years. literally just going to ask you about that. I grew up on a soap and I remember it's like, you have one take and that's it. You got to keep going. Yeah, it's done. So you better come prepared. You better have your work done and then be able to throw it out the window and just be in the moment, you know? Um, because and yeah, how you get so how was General Hospital for you? Did you like being on it? Was it, you know, a challenge of a certain kind? I did. I loved, I mean, I loved it. It was a great, great, great job, especially as a young actor. Um, you know, I was in my mid-20s when I got on that show. And it's like actor's boot camp, like you said. I mean, it's just talk about being thrown to the fire. You know, <laughs> you either swim, um, you either get your lines out of your mouth in one take or you don't. And they're not going to, you know, if you can't do it, if you can't keep up, you're not going to keep your job for that long. So you really got to be able to adapt. You got to think quick. You have to come prepared, have your choices ready to go and, and your toolkit, you know, strapped on, but then you got to be able to just jump in and, um, and adapt if it changes. Cause it will change every day. You know, I mean, <laughs> I can't remember a day I didn't walk into my dressing room and not have, tons of adjustments on my lines or a monologue was cut out or a monologue was added or so, you know, yeah, it was amazing. I think one of the things that helped me, it was just nice for me to be on a, a professional, like a real, real, real professional show for 
that that consistently you know yeah. what i mean it was like i got to finally as an actor be a working actor almost every day finally getting paid enough to like survive right getting to work with other amazing actors and cast and crew and um yeah and i just you just become a part of this like thing and you're like holy shit we're going mm. you know um it's it can be it was hard for me at first the memorization just because it's a lot like i remember my first week i had eight episodes my mm. first week. and i remember they called me they were like hey we we realized that we haven't dropped off your scripts yet for this week and I, w I was starting in like two days oh my gosh or two or three days and i was like oh no worries i'll come I'll, can i come by tomorrow and pick them up and they were like no I, you should probably come by today and i was like oh okay <laughs> so i came <laughs> and it was a stack of like and i was like oh that's why you wanted me to come grab these today because it's terrifying oh and i God. i literally had i was living in a studio apartment at the time and I had a, a, another actor friend of mine, Victor, living in my closet because we were broke. And uh, he was literally living in my closet of my studio apartment. And I got back to the apartment and I was like, Victor, I'm going to I'm not going to be able to keep this job if I don't learn all these lines in two days. I have eight episodes. And it was like when they introduce a character on a soap, it's like you have like monologues. Right. Like monologues. Yeah. Because they're trying to get the audience to fall in love with you super exactly. quickly. Like it's a right. whole thing. Yeah, so I, I, poor Victor, I was like, dude, you got to go, man. Gotta, <laughs> yeah, I got to practice. I got to learn these lines. And you know when you're learning lines, you got to say them. Like, I, for me, I'm walking around saying them. You know, I've got my voice recorder out. I'm talking back to myself. I'm naked. I'm fucking cooking and singing. And, like, I need my space, you yeah. know? And so he left for a little bit. And then I was like, let me just – there was a motel down the street. I went and booked a motel. And I just locked myself because I felt bad. I, I kicked him out for a night and then I was like, poor guy, where's he going to go? <laughs> I, I booked a motel and my friends would just stop by. My friend Amelia, she watches this. She came by a couple of times and read lines with me and then left and I would keep working on it. Anyways, long story short, I got through it. But mm. the memorization stuff was scary. But then that muscle started to build and now I could memorize, you know, like that. Oh, yeah. That's what Soap yeah. Studio. It's great because it's like, it's like theater training like on crack essentially because your brain is just having to essentially memorize an entire play every single day and you're just go right. go 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 and you just don't stop it's amazing right, right. yeah um, and it feel like what which soap were you on i was on days okay cool yeah. what, what years were you on there uh i think like 2003 2000 i don't know 2004 i was a kid i was a, okay. was a little one yeah so it, it it does it it the cool thing about it was well there's there's a positive way to look at it and a negative way to look at it. The positive way to look at it is you get to go through the full scene yeah. and like not stop. Like yeah. they've got all set up and you get to actually act the scene out like a play. It's which true. Is so, so cool. Cause in a typical movie or, or show they're filming, it's like they've got a wide shot and they zoom in and get your hand and they get your one shot and they get a two or a dirty or an over the shoulder. It's like you don't really get to do the full scene a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. um, or it's very chopped up, right? Right. That was really cool. But then on the flip side of that, they get the full scene. So you better get it right in one take. In one take or they're going to give you a side eye big time. Right. Um, right. Speaking of traditional uh, TV and film, tell me about The Walking Dead World Beyond. What was it like to join such a large franchise? Like a mainstay of American TV. 
yeah, that was just uh, really, really cool to enter into that world. Um, you know, the Walking Dead universe is just massive. Huge. Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, now Walking Dead World Beyond, and then I believe they're going into a movie franchise and they're kind of combining all the different worlds from the shows. So it was just, I mean, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was so cool. I mean, I read for several different roles um, for that show and finally, you know, got called back or booked Lieutenant Frank Newton, who was a small, small part on season one. And then they brought me back for most of season two wow. uh, as a major re- top of show recurring guest star or whatever. He just grew my character. And then I had this huge finale fight with Felix at the end and, it was just really cool. It was cool, one, as an actor, to see how a small, something that might seem small uh, could turn into something a, a lot bigger, can grow as the story grows. So never poo-poo a job because you just don't know what it could become. Amen. And then, yeah. And then it was cool as, you know, getting to play the character because I was just like, wow, like I'm a part of the Walking Dead world now forever. Yeah. For, for I'm I'm now I'm this character in this universe forever Um, and yeah just the budget and the special effects and the stunts that I got to do and the other actors and the the, everything it was just really cool it was a little weird because we were filming during COVID and Mm. you know the masks being on and um, there wasn't as much like personal camaraderie on set you know like nobody was allowed to eat together and yeah that's been difficult Yeah. Yeah. So that was a little strange, but you know, everybody was everybody. It's it's almost like everybody over was overly friendly because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we were all trying so hard that to find that connection with each other through the masks that we had to wear and through the like distancing we had to do. So it was, it was a really special experience and we actually shot it in Richmond, Virginia, which is my, where I went to high school. Oh my gosh. So it was like I got, it was like I booked something out in LA that flew me back to my hometown. So that was like, I mean, how cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you have kind of been integrating your way into the horror world. Tell me a little bit. You have two new films out. So let's go with the final rose first. It's a two B original. Um, it's like the bachelor goes horror essentially tell me about this you play the bachelor in it yeah yeah it's i mean it's basically like i think their log line or their pitch for it was the bachelor meets scream amazing oh it's great i mean i love scream who doesn't love love watching fun watching and laughing at the bachelor Um, i get bachelor too let's be honest It's, it's addicting um so yeah it was just a really fun it was really really fun it was a great role because I got to kind of play this like charming, suave guy as the bachelor. But then when the cameras were off, he's like totally checked out, doesn't really want to be there. So that playing that flip was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, with a movie like that, it's it's a fine line of like, do we lean into it being scary or do we lean into it being funny? And we were all a little like, I was a little worried. Like, are we, is it gonna, is it gonna hit? Because it's, it's a very mm. fine you know what I mean? If, if it's too scary, it could be cheesy. If it's only funny, then it's, what is it? You know? So I think they did a really good job of making a parody kind of on 
the the bachelor franchise while also keeping it kind of fun and scary like a scream but if you remember scream has a lot of humor in it too oh yeah i mean that's like one of my scream has one of my favorite lines ever in it and it's when it's near the end when he's on the phone and he's like my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me it's the funniest line ever Right, right. It's like he's just murdered all these people and he's <laughs> yeah. worried about his parents scolding him. I know. It's brilliant. But it's so, I, I think, I, you know, it turned out really good. Um, Tim Tim Cruise and, and Blake Rutledge, the, the director and the writer, they did a good job of really tapping into, I think, the perfect pocket of yeah. what it should have been. Just enough scary, more more fun and funny and playful than scary. And I think that was the right way to do it. Um, so yeah, I think it's doing really well. Everybody's, everybody's responding really nicely to it. And, you know, I always was like, kind of tempted to go on one of those shows, the bachelor or whatever, but I was like, I've worked too hard. Don't do it. Don't do it. But now I got to play the bachelor without having to actually go be the bachelor. So it was the best of both worlds. I uh, I did a film that Mike Fleiss produced years ago, and Mike is the creator of The Bachelor, and he flew out to North Carolina, and I was like 19 at the time, and he was like, if you're ever on The Bachelor, don't be. He was like, do not get near it. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> you and got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so your other film that is coming out is Ghosts of Hiroshima. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, and that's that like is... a found footage type of horror film. We love a found footage moment. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Really excited about that one. Um, Brandon Walker and Ashley Park, my two of my friends that I've worked with in the past, uh, you know, throughout the pandemic, they they started kind of building this horror empire with these, you know, kind of smaller indie movies, and they they've done pretty well, and they've got them even overseas, and the streaming platforms have really been into them, and there's a huge horror niche. Um, you know, these, these horror fans, they'll find it. If the horror oh, yeah. movies, no matter how big or small, they'll find it. And they, I think they really did a good job of tapping into that market and they've done a few of them and that each one has gotten a little bigger, a little better, um, a little bigger budget each time. And this one they asked me to do and, you know, I liked the concept and I said, yeah, let's do it. So we shot it. Um, and it was cool cause it was just like grassroots, just, you know, it was like a few of us, the cast was super small. They did a lot with a little, you know, when I yeah. really respect. You know, they they did found footage and they found really cool ways to make it scary and edgy and interesting with not a ton of money you know what i mean and it still looks really good and it's fun and it's exciting and so i'm really proud of them but yeah i just went to the premiere of that um last week and that'll be coming out i believe that's coming out sometime at the end of this month um and that'll be on tubi amazon prime and um apple plus i believe as well Perfect. All right. So we have come to the point of the show where I ask my guests to share an audition story. Now, that can be something funny. It can be something um, embarrassing or, you know, it could be the big one that got away. Is there a story that you would like to share with the listeners? Oh, boy. <laughs> mm. Oh, gosh. I mean, they just go. There's just so many. Well, I like <laughs> Funny? Do we want terrifying? Do we want inappropriate? Do we want <laughs> Do we want? Um, I mean, you tell me. I got them all. Um, I can. Yeah, I can say. I'll just talk about the last one I did. I was. I actually went in for a play. Ooh. 
Um, and I was really excited about it. It's for uh, the play A Few Good Men. Yeah. And uh, this isn't really like a like, super exciting story or anything. It's just the only story I can think of right now. Because most of my auditions in the past few years have been self-tapes. I know. And we don't get to have those bad moments in front of casting directors. It's upsetting. Yeah. So I can't really think of... I can't really think of a good one from the past few years that I can't even really think of. I mean, any, I mean, I've had to show my butt in an audition before I've had to kiss in an audition before I've been put on the spot where they asked me to, you know, dance and take my shirt off. And like, I've all that stuff has happened, but I'm trying to think of like a story story. And I think because we've been self taping for the past three years, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going blank, but I actually, I'll, I'll talk about my last audition. I'll just tell it's not, I don't really know if it's worthy of a story, but I was up for uh, the play A Few Good Men. They're doing uh, a production at the La Mirada uh, Theater and mm -hmm. uh, really, really beautiful theater, 1200 seat theater. And I haven't done a stage show in a, in a while and I was really excited about this. And I was up for the lead role of Kathy, who Tom Cruise plays that character in the movie, if, if ever, anybody's familiar with that. Um, <clears throat> so it was really exciting. So it was like the lead role and it was a theater play. It was a, th a stage play. Yeah. And TV and film mainly. So. Um, I went out, you know, I drove, sat through traffic, got there. I did the scene. Well, first I sent in my tape. They really liked it. They told me to work on a few things. So I worked on a few things, learned the second scene, went up, did the, did the scene. They liked it. She gave me some adjustments. She told me to come back the next day, pick up my cues a little bit. Um, so I came back the next day. I picked up my cues. The second scene, I like totally went blank in my monologue. And like stopped, but she was like, "It's okay." She was. I think they still liked me. They had me start over. Um, but at the end, there's like this moment where, like, it literally describes in the scene that he like throws something. Yeah. And like script in my hand, and I just was like really in the moment, and I like threw my book at the ground, and like it slid over to like where the reader was, and it looked more aggressive, I think, than it than it was because I wasn't throwing my book at her. No. Like I was very about like throwing it at the ground just the way it slid and she, I could tell she was a little like oh so afterwards I was just like I mean I think I think it went well yeah. but it was one of the things where I was like shit like my bad I was not trying to throw my book at you and maybe I should not like have held restrained my physical movements there but you I was in know, the moment I was in the moment I was in the moment <laughs> but I threw my like you know I, ha I had my actual actual play with me yeah the scene and I just like used that moment to kind of like make a you know like button at the end of and the scene. And hey it's a solid choice to do that. How are you supposed to know it was going to slide? It's just with something like that if you are going to do something like that you typically would want to you know let the other person know yeah. ahead of time are you comfortable with this or whatever but I didn't really think it out. It just kind of I did it. Luckily it didn't hit her or anything. I apologize afterwards. I didn't get the part but <laughs> But I think, uh, I don't think that was the reason why. I hope not. Because um, they called me back in again for the producers. And I think they liked me. But no, it was cool because, you know, and that's another good example too for like actors out there or anybody like, you know, I didn't get that part, but I got like some type of like confidence back that I could do the stage again. You know, like it was a lot of, it was a lot of dialogue. It's nerve wracking to go in front of people in front of a table of producers in person at a theater, especially when I've been doing TV and film mainly for the past several years, especially when I haven't done an in-person audition for anything in three years. Yep. And I, and I did it. I got up there. I did it. I got multiple callbacks. I got all the way to producers and I didn't get the role, but I still took it as a win. 
because I was like, well, yeah. And now also those, those people who are in theater, those people who are making big decisions now know who you are. And they said, Oh, this guy put in the work and he followed the instructions and he did this well and he did that well. And so now it's, I mean, it's always a win. If you put yourself out there, it's always a win. Right. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And that's such a good lesson that I've had to learn over this journey. I'm sure you have too. It's like, Sometimes, you know, getting a callback is, is a win, you know, yeah. so, so is out of our control. So much of it is out of your control. Like just, if you're getting out there and you're doing the work and you're getting, you're getting any type of recognition, even getting an audition is like exciting. They went through, I mean, you know, however many headshots and they were like, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, we like their reel or their resume or whatever. So you got to celebrate all the little victories. It's hard to remember. It's very hard to remember because it's like. This, this career can be very daunting and draining and but you know it's important to like pat yourself on the back for those things too so but it got me excited again about maybe doing theater very soon I'd, I'd like to get back on stage that's awesome and what else do you have coming down the pike so i've got more music coming out um i just need to like get on it and plan out when we're releasing it um i've got ghost of hiroshima coming out in the next couple weeks i've got a movie called trapped in coming out at some point um, this year or probably beginning of next year. I've got a movie called six feet coming out as well. Uh, I've got a movie called uglies coming out with Joey King and, um, directed by McGee, which is going to be a big, big Netflix movie. Wow. Play Joey King's dad in that. That'll be really exciting. Uh, what else? What else? Busy man. Yeah. I just, Oh, I just had an ep- my episode of SWAT just aired. I was just on the show SWAT. Oh, fun really cool um yeah i had a cool guest star on that which was fun because the same week that came out was the week the bachelor the the final rose came out and they were like could not be more opposite characters i was like kind of a street thug don't you love that Uh, yeah so so yeah i'm you know career wise i'm i'm really really happy i'm really grateful a lot of things are happening um i as long as i can keep my mental together and stay healthy in my personal life you know i'm excited about my career future and stuff like that. But it's just this city and, you know, f- f- making sure your soul is filled up and you're happy actually on the inside is, mm. is I think such a huge part of the journey too. Cause do you know what I mean? It's like in between the jobs and waiting around for the jobs, um, you got to find a way to, to keep your, you know, your morale up. Yeah. And kind of where I'm at now in my thirties, I'm like, Okay, what else is there to life? Because I've been putting all my eggs in this career basket for so long and it's paying off and I'm so grateful. But like, what else? Right. Right. Well, um, I'm very excited to see what else there is for you because (laughs) uh, you are fantastic. And I thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people follow you on social media so they can keep up with all of the many things that you are doing? Uh, just my handle is Robert Palmer Watkins. Just my full name. That's my Instagram. That's my TikTok. That's my Facebook fan page. Uh, Twitter, I think is Robert P Watkins, but yeah, that's, and then my, Oh, my music stuff. I go by Palmer. So you can find me on Spotify or Apple. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. It was so great talking to you and meeting you and yeah, stoked for everything that you have coming out. Thank you for the time. I'm sorry if I rambled too much. I had too yeah. much coffee, I think. <laughs> there is never enough coffee. You can never yeah. have too much. That's a good point. <laughs>
thanks again to Robert for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Um, if you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you're doing that right now. Hit that subscribe button and uh, check out his two new films, The Final Rose and Ghost of Hiroshima. Um, and tune in next week. I will have Renika Williams on the show. She's currently starring in The Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO. So if you haven't watched it yet, catch up on season one before tuning in. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.